I'm Amy, sex educator, sex and relationship coach, and co-owner of PurePleasureShop.com. And I'm April, sex toy maven, VP of Hot Octopus, and I've dedicated my life to the business of sex. We're two people with a passion for educating and inspiring shame-free conversations about sex and relationships. Welcome Welcome to to the the Shameless Sex Revolution. Revolution. Want to learn more? Go to ShamelessSex.com. And for 15% off of some of our favorite sex toys, use coupon code SHAMELESSSEX at PurePleasureShop.com. You are listening to a Pleasure Podcast. For more from our sex podcast collective, visit PleasurePodcasts.com. Well, hello, everyone. Hi, everyone. Are you ready for a marvelous episode? I'm ready. I'm always ready for marvelousness. Do you know how to spell marvelous? And a R. <laughs> Don't look. <laughs> April's the spelling bee champion. Okay, she's rubbing in. Uh, this episode's with Sir Marvelous, who is a male dom, and I believe maybe in lifestyle as well as a profession. But we'll find out more about that because we haven't recorded yet, and we're about to. <laughs> so. This is true. I like the surprise. And we're going to we're going to talk about BDSM and kink, but there's something called sensual BDSM, which is a newer topic to us. And all the ins and outs of how to navigate these worlds, whether you want to include it into your sexual play. Maybe you want to work with Sir Marvelous. I don't know. His work sounds really hot. Just it really saying. does. And make sure you don't just hang up the podcast episode because if you stay tuned after there's an amazing trailer from a podcast we love in our network so stay tuned to listen it's the horny housewife Mm, horny housewife yeah it's great um you can learn more about the pleasure podcast network but we'll tell you more about that at the end we have all kinds of awesome podcasts in our network okay so we're gonna do a sex question but before we do that i'm just going to give you a little bit of feedback from a listener regarding an episode that we did i think it's two weeks ago from today Mm -hmm. maybe was it last week actually it was last week's um well this episode will air yeah two weeks from this airing of this episode Yes. Okay. And it's with Dr. Brandeis, who's a repeat guest. Um, and this listener actually really liked the first episode that Dr. Brandeis did. This last one we did was on penis perform or sorry, penis enhancement. And the our listener pointed out that they felt like some of the information or a lot of the information was really potentially shaming or point po- shaming smaller or average penises and really pointing to the fact that uh, not the fact, but that the idea that perhaps all men need to or want want to have larger cocks. I actually asked a couple men after this is like, what is your opinion? Do all men want larger cocks? And they're like, I think most of them. I mean, that's, that's just what a couple really? people said. That's just what but these, this is, but this is what I'm saying. It's personal opinions. Right. And we have talked on the show many times about how we love a good average cock and you know, and it's more about what you do with it and, and like, you know, smaller cocks, fabulous for anal. Um, and that's actually why we included the sex question that went before that, because we wanted to, and that was from a real listener, but we wanted to normalize different shapes and sizes of cocks and the things that is more about what you do with it, the knowledge, the connection between partners and everyone gets to decide for themselves. But I really don't think all men want Lot bigger cocks. I don't think that that's actually true. I think that a lot of them might just like a lot of vulva owning folks might think that their, their bits want you know, when they want them more symmetrical or their breasts to be more symmetrical. Does it mean that we have to do something about it? No. And, and the norm is to not be symmetrical. 
like very rarely is anything perfectly symmetrical or perfectly hard or big or whatever. There's no perfect norm for that. You know, the norm is to be diverse. Yeah, that's true. And it changes. Yeah. Right. I mean, not the norm what is the norm that's statistics right so whoever they're pooling who knows uh the size or the shapes of people but being symmetrical is kind of odd it's such a weird thing i have to one me, eye so that's like different me too. than the other i have my one of my iris is lower yeah. than the other one i see it in photos and i'm like whatever you know but some people especially if they hear material such as that episode might be like oh shit i'm not good enough i need to go and do these injections or plastic surgery I have or one something armpit that's stinkier than the other me too yeah. um because we're that's just natural just ways of being and i get it i understand that so if anyone felt shamed by that like you weren't good enough or now you need to go and change your body that's not our intention we're not trying to tell you to do that we actually love the diversity of the of the body what we are doing is trying to highlight the medical technology that's out there we can't ignore it we want to highlight what's actually available and happening so you decide what you want to do but we're not telling you there's anything wrong with you or that you need to change you we think you're perfect just the way you are and that's the thing some of our guests for instance we interview varieties of people about relationship styles out there doesn't mean that we explore all of the things that are that the interviews uh give us like we we have tools that we provide to all of you some of them we use some of them we don't and it just depends some some things you do and some things i don't exactly and vice versa yes yes tomato tomato yeah so you all decide for yourselves and if you ever feel like what we're sharing doesn't resonate with you know that we have other episodes that will that's why it's shameless sex that's why we include all these speakers from different backgrounds to to help you decide what works for you and that's why it's an endless job that we have it's that's infinity yeah. and beyond it's funny people ask are you ever gonna run out of topics like nope <laughs> i i remember when we first started i was like are we ever gonna run out of topics you're like oh hell no, no. when i thought about it i absolutely know now that we because we can also dive for instance the episode today yeah. we've explored other experts uh and and their uh, processes around BDSM and kink play and all of all of these not the sensual BDSM now yes. there's so many different things and so many different sides and uh, varieties that we can provide everyone yeah and every speaker has a different perspective and just like we did with Dr. Brandeis the technology is changing the understandings yeah. are constantly changing so just so you know we're going to be 80 years old sitting on our porch probably smoking weed at that point recording podcast so we're gonna be with you for a long time at I least i think so i could smoke weed and record i don't think i'm no it would be like the, the, it'd be funny then. after <laughs> we'll smoke weed after or during well, we're, all of it that's I'm gonna the be the most one. awkward person when i'm high me though. too i don't know if it's really gonna happen but no, i'll be on the mic like i just uh, think that my bones are gonna need to buy that and be like all right yeah, i'm gonna hit that true. weeds okay <laughs> so <laughs> ready for a sex question yes absolutely everyone's like fuck we're, we're stuck with them forever okay so this is from a penis owner. So I am a penis owner and I have a moral dilemma concerning the use of sex toys on multiple partners. I have a collection of sex toys that I use to pleasure my partner and I have had several partners over the last year. I've used some of the same toys on those partners, but I always do a proper cleaning after each use. What is your opinion on using the same toys on different partners over time? Is it okay or a no go? April has an interesting smile on her face. Well, that happened to me once. What, what happened? <laughs> uh, when my partner 
Actually, it's my current partner. When I first <laughs> got together with him, he totally busted out a used Wii Vibe. And he's like, it's clean. And I was like, first of all, <laughs> no, I work for like a sex toy company and I have forever and yeah. I have a plethora of my own products. Second of all, I didn't shame him for busting out the sex toy because I thought it was fucking awesome. And, yeah. I, and I said, awesome. However, let's get our own. Just the energy for me, like whatever. If, if you think I'm a hippie, I'm, I'm a hippie hybrid, but I do believe that sex toys carry the energy. But I have the same wand that I've used throughout my relationships, Yeah. but it's mine. It's personal. And yes, I've used but it with other partners. You're, you're mostly using your body. My yeah. body usually, yeah. but it's the same wand that I've had over the years. Just something that would be inserted inside of me that didn't belong to me, I wouldn't be comfortable with. However, I... I've used sex toys that you've used after we've cleaned them and, and totally. same we swap toys sometimes we have swapped <laughs> toys and other and other friends too where I, I loved a toy and then kind of burnt myself out on it and I was like this is medical grade silicone I washed it do you want to use it and yeah. my friend's like yeah sure here you go have a gift my sloppy seconds I, yeah I think it's, it's just different for everyone um you know I one example that comes to mind too is like mattresses, right? So oh, like yeah. mattresses, like, so you get into a new relationship and you have a, your partner has a mattress that they used to have sex with their past partner on. You know, do we need to get rid of the mattress now? Cause a whole bunch of sex happened on the mattress, but here's the thing. Things are happening on it, but it didn't go in. I mean, there's something, I mean, what you're talking about sounds like there's something about the, in, like wh how, how would you have felt if it was just an external toy? Well, no, because Still not. my yeah. situation, I, I've been in the pleasure products industry since 2008. We both have. Yeah. And I have so many sex toys. For me, I just, for me, it's it's a hard no, but I commend them for trying. If people yeah. bust them out, I'm like, awesome that you have sex toys. No shame in that, but not on my body yeah. right now. No, yeah. thank you. Yeah, we can. Especially an insertable one, especially yeah. an anal toy or something. Pass. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, so yes. for me, I don't really care. Right. You know, if it's a past sex story from a past partner, as long as it's clean, it doesn't really matter to me. Like when you went, when you and your partner broke up like a few partners ago and you went and grabbed the wedge from his house. Oh you yeah. You're like, that was a long that was time a long, ago. It was like way before shameless sex. Yeah. I was like, can I have my wedge you're back? You're like, I want my wedge back. <laughs> and then, you know, used it with other partners. And <laughs> so, so the moral dilemma here is what I would say is good for you for one, having sex toys. We love that. Um, good for you for wanting to use sex toys. Love that. Um, also, so doing proper cleaning. Also love that. Mm -hmm. And I guess if you want to give partners the permission or the opportunity to decide for themselves, I guess, I mean, are you telling them it's brand new? I swear. Then that's problematic because you're not being honest. Unless I see the box. I'm like, mm, I don't, tr don't but, trust it. But if you whip out a sex toy and your partner doesn't ask you like, Hey, is this new? Or did you use this with past partners? I think that's a little bit maybe on them too. I think it's like, it's on both people, but if you want to be really in the utmost integrity to give your partner permission to choose for themselves, you could share that. Hey, here's my sex toys. Yes, I have used them before with other people. And, but you know what? I wouldn't do that in the bedroom though, because it might kill the mood. I might actually do that outside the bedroom. Like, so how do you feel about sex toys? I have some, I've used them in the past. I'm really good at cleaning them. You know, would you want to use them together instead of like in the moment where I'm like, can I put this sex toy in you? And they're like, uh, have you used it before? Yeah. Yeah. With like eight different people, uh, but I'm really good at cleaning it. And they're like, um, yeah, I don't want to fuck you right now. I don't know. They might not. If that happened with me, I'd be like, okay, so what's your cleaning process? Cool. You're really good at that. All right. Yeah. Let's use that. But for April, that would be a no hard. No. Yeah. I mean, I would borrow clothes and, and stuff that were from previous partners, old partners, if they fit me, I'd be like, yeah, I'll take those jeans. 
<laughs> sex toy, no. Scarf, well, underwear, maybe. Well, clean and we also have like endless hookups for sex toys. So like getting sex that's toys is not th- a problem over here yes. in the world. So. That's why I think it's a little bit different. But I don't know. I, I should take a poll from some of my friends, both penis owners and vulva owning friends and see what they think. Because, because we're in the sex toy industry, I feel... We, but, but again, my masturbation devices, my solo play toys that I do bust out in partner play, yeah. I've had the same two for a long time that I bust out and I, I still do. And as I say this, I also feel like for me, I probably be a yes, no matter what, as long as it's thorough, thoroughly cleaned and I want to use the toy and it looks like an awesome toy. But there is something that feels a little more not edgy, but like personal when it's in an internal toy yeah there's as opposed to an external vibrator of some sort so yeah so i guess everyone gets to decide for themselves perhaps give people permission to make a choice and be honest with them perhaps do that conversation outside the bedroom if it were like straps like an under the bed restraint system or something absolutely 100 percent. i'd be so down oh yeah or doggy style strap. That's like or, a prop. You're talking about props. Right. Yeah. But if it's a toy, I think just get... What about like a blindfold or cuff? Also, or, yeah. I have a specific... Just like you, Amy, you have a specific vibration style that you like. Totally. Uh, whether it's like the buzzy or you like rumbly or you like a thruster or you like the, the air suction te- technology. So why not ask a partner what they're into and then buy something together? Yeah. And if you need to go shopping for sex toys, y'all can go to purepleasureshop.com. Use coupon code SHAMELESS sex you get 15% off of all of your new sex toys so that you don't have to have old recycled ones I like it I like recycling but not everyone wants recycled sex toys yeah this is true alright you ready for a bio yes alright Sir Marvelous is a well known and highly respected pleasure coach and professional sensual BDSM dominant based out of the NYC area he has 10 years of practice and owns and operates a dungeon in New Jersey specializing in introducing and destigmatizing BDSM his mission is to help close the orgasm gap by teaching people how to have and give stronger and more frequent orgasms while tapping into the sensual side of BDSM. To learn more, go to links.co. That's links with two eyes.co slash marvelous things. All right, everyone, it is interview time, and we are here with Sir Marvelous. We actually opened up this whole episode um, with, we're having a marvelous episode, and I also love when we get emails from Sir Marvelous um, and Sir Marvelous's partner, Siphon the Unicorn, which we can maybe talk about. I just want to sing like the glamorous song, but with Marvelous, the Marvelous, the Flash. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. We yeah. need a theme song. We definitely yeah. need a theme song. That's about, that's about you. And we we're saying it's gonna be a marvelous episode, and then the at the end of all of your emails is have a marvelous day. <laughs> it's <Yeah>. awesome. <laughs> oh my god, it's awesome. So, anyways, okay, so Sir Marvelous is here to talk about BDSM kink, and we're going to learn about sensual BDSM, which is a newer one for us. We've done various episodes on kink and BDSM, uh, and then some other pieces within the lifestyle. What is the lifestyle? What are lifestyle parties? Uh, but before we dive in, and our listeners already heard a little bit about you and your bio, can you please tell us how you got to where you are today in the field of sexuality? Oh, thank you. Great question. Um, so long story short, uh, my origin story, um, I tell everyone, is when I was 
quite a few years ago when I was younger, um, I was looking for a way to last longer in bed because I was dealing with a partner who was more experienced. And I went on Google to try to find some tricks and tips. And it ended up leaving me leading me down like the rabbit hole, you know, what Google does. One, you look up one thing, you go to a whole bunch of other stuff. And I ended up coming across these blogs written by women, you know, talking about their experiences with sex um, with men and how they don't experience orgasms and how it's so unfulfilling. And some women have been married five, 10, 15, 20 years, you know, and the they're just so happy that they have their vibrator because it's the only way that they're able to kind of like fulfill themselves sexually. Um, and I kept hearing that over and over toys, vibrator, toys, vibrator. So I went out and I went to my local sex store <laughs> in the city and I ended up buying a vibrator. And then I came back home and used it with my partner um, the next time I saw her. Um, and she was so enthralled in pleasure that I did not even think about coming. Like I was so entertained by like the reaction that I was getting from her. I was like a kid in the candy store. I just wanted it to keep going and going and going and going. And what that ended up doing for me is that it, it, it of course it made me wonder if this one thing can feel so good. Imagine what I can do if I were to find other toys. So um, I just started buying more and more and more. And then fast forward quite a few years later, I'm at um, a swing party slash cake party. And I'm, I was still trying to find my footing in the swing, the swingers world, you know, just trying to find my groove, so to speak. And I go inside this room and then this man well-dressed man had a, a line of women and couples, you know, lining up to go or to be a, to be a demonstrator or to, to, to receive a demonstration from him. And I'm like, what is he doing? And I stopped to look and he's putting on this wonderful show with all these different toys and different um, kinky instruments that I've learned. I found out later about, and I was like, I have a lot of those things at home. I don't have everything there, but I can definitely see myself doing that. So um, I definitely just started looking up everything that had to do with kink and BDSM when he told me that he identifies as a dom and things of that nature. And, you know, after quite a few years of study, studying it, here I am now. <laughs> now you have a PhD in being a, a dom, which is a very sexy. <laughs> a pretty huge dildo and dom, dominate, dominating, uh, which is, I, I do have this question. And, and this is a thing where we were on video and we had to turn it off so the quality would be better for all, all of you listening. Uh, but you are a very handsome man and you have this mm -hmm. beautiful suit on and you have pins on the lapel that were like, one of them is a magic wand. And I was like, okay, I adore you. Like you are fuego hot as you say because uh the magic wand's my favorite so anyway enough it's about true it really, enough, is. I mean, it really is it's my yes. go-to has been it I, has been yeah it has been my favorite for so long. The only reason I switched this is just because it wasn't, the color wasn't on brand. So I, I found a really good black vibrator that was just as powerful, rechargeable. I was, I love the Hitachi when they came out with the rechargeable one too. Mm -hmm. You use the plug-in or you use the rechargeable? Oh, I have both. I, the plug-in saved for special occasions because I'm afraid it's yeah. going to die. And it's the O, mm -hmm. like the OG version that they don't right. make anymore. Even when they say they mm -hmm. make it, I'm like, nope. It's not quite the I've same. I've tested it. I swear. Amy's like, are you sure? I'm like I'm positive and I have other mm -hmm. friends that also we were like in Canada once and my friend is like that's an OG magic wand it was at this sex shop that we were training yeah. that was like had like a bunch of old toys and she bought one and she's like 
Nope, it's not the same no, thing. Like, so, yeah. yeah, you want to blow out that. But while they're dealing yeah. with toys, you know the difference in quality. You know what yeah. you're looking for. Yeah, they the did play with the colors. <laughs> the colors would be a fun way to play. But yeah, anyway, yeah, yeah. Anyway, so you don't need to. You know, you don't need to change I'll something. Pink it's one, broken wife, fix it. So <laughs> on to my question, Sir Marvelous. Ooh, I love that name too. What does it mean to be a male dom? So for me, um, I identify as a professional dom and a lifestyle dom, but more so leaning towards a professional dom. That means that people come to me to explore different types of BDSM and kink. Um, I own and operate a dungeon in New Jersey um, where both single women and couples can come to me um, and we negotiate a scene and we go through with that scene. And I'd like to, which we'll talk about later, just show them a more sensual side of BDSM and teaching them how they can use a lot of the things that I like to teach about as foreplay and things like that. Mm. So yeah, private sessions, um, events, um, classes, courses, things of that nature, all we, we, we provide. So a little more professional, but a little bit lifestyle uh, with Siphon yeah. the Unicorn. And I just like saying that. <laughs> Siphon the Unicorn. Uh, okay. <laughs> so on that, so we've had other educators talk about BDSM, but I, I'm really curious you, what your definition of BDSM is. You know, What does it stand for? Who's into it? And how does this differ, differ from what you're calling sensual BDSM? We're really curious about that one. Okay. So, you know, the reality is, is that BDSM is just a big umbrella. It's a, um, an acronym that covers a whole lot of different ways that you can engage um, kink. Now, for me, the difference of the way that I like to engage in sensual BDSM versus what's normally shown on television is that what's shown on television normally tends to be the dramatic side of it or the dramatized side rather um, because they're looking for clickbait, they're looking for ways to like give that wow factor. But the majority of the world isn't quite on that level. I want to show people when I say a sensual side of BDSM, it's just a fancy way of saying soft sensual and I like to focus on giving providing sensations with the materials of the tools that I use with the um the goal to build arousal. So um for example BDSM the BM and BDSM stands for bondage. And you know on the outside looking in so many people you know who have never tried any form of bondage are like oh I don't want to be chained up and this that and the third and I'm like well actually there are so many different versions of bondage that you can engage in and you've probably already tried some of them right for example I always tell where you can use something as simple as bed restraints, handcuffs, rope for decorative purposes or for restraining purposes. When you get to my level, I love the idea of using my St. Angel's cross in my dungeon, but I always tell people it could be as simple as taking, you know, your partner's hands, putting them together, pushing them against the wall with your other hand wrapped around their throat. And that could be a form of bondage. I mean, <laughs> there is so many different ways, you know, that a person can engage in that. Um, another type of way is actually using your body to hold down their body. Some people love that energy that you feel when you're making love or you're being intimate with that other person. And they're just like collapsing you down, so to speak. And you're just like, oh, I love it. <laughs> so all, all of that falls under the umbrella of bondage, if that makes sense. You could also take the um, necktie too, right? Your necktie. Yes. Yes. Oh, <laughs> yes. <laughs> I've, I've gotten so creative with so many different ways um, of engaging in bondage. So yes, the necktie is one of the most, my, one of my favorite, because I tend to always have a tie on or near me somewhere. Um, so next up on the list would be the, the D, which can stand for um, domination. And I like to, when I talk about, um, you know, 
uh, doms or domination in, in general for the first time with people. I like to kind of substitute that word for leader or pleaser during that intimate moment. And the reason I like to do that is because sometimes the word dominant um, can carry the negative reputation of being someone that just wants to be super aggressive, barking orders, you know, wants to be in charge and ready to spank everybody. And as much fun as spanking can be, you and I both know that um, it's not necessarily the foundation of what makes a good dominant, right? I look at it as that person who's willing to take that leadership role during that intimate exchange when it comes to creating the vibe, the the energy, the ambiance for the room, or just having the plan, you know, or better yet, another word that people might be able to relate to is just stepping into that pleaser role. You know, so if you found yourself being that person when you're engaging with others, where you are constantly looking for ways to up it or to improve it or to make that next exchange more memorable than the last, then by definition, you are stepping into that dominant space. The biggest misconception, again, is that it has to be aggressive. No, not at all. It could be extremely soft-spoken. It could be sensual. It could be slow. It could be as simple as lighting a few candles to set the mood or putting on a sexy playlist or doing anything to create an ambiance or an experience that's better than the last time, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> I want to know about your you sexy guys. playlist, Sir Marvel. <laughs> oh, yes. I have but quite a few. Can't get off track, though. We're on the S. <laughs> We're on S, right? <laughs> so S can stand for sadomasochist or the submissive side of the slash for dominance. So um, on the, 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 well, I'll go over both. So when, again, I'm big at chopping at the misconceptions that people have um, regarding BDSM, especially as they relate to the terms dominant and submissive. So a lot of the times, you know, when people hear, you know, a submissive person or somebody that has submissive desires, rather, they think that that person is more, is very submissive in most other elements of their lives. From my experience, this is proven that is the complete opposite of that. It is usually the person that is so sick and tired of taking care of everything and everyone else that the idea of finding someone that you can trust to relinquish some of that control or responsibility over to would be like a dream come true. I mean, (laughs) imagine finding somebody that, you know, that is like you to work or to be for you rather, you know, imagine how much you will be able to get done if you could find somebody that is as reliable as you are, or the person that's going to do what they say, say what they do, come up with the plan, execute it, stick to it. (laughs) And you don't have to like micromanage them, you know, that's, the idea that um, someone with submissive desires have, again, they're so sick and tired of putting everyone else's needs before theirs, that the idea of finding someone that, you know, can give them that break would be like a dream come true. And believe it or not, that would, you know, can be very, very pleasurable for them. So, um Again, it's not always, you know, a super submissive person. And although you probably won't even recognize that person, you, you'll see them in one element of their lives and like, there's no way that you like to be submissive. Like, absolutely. I love it. Nothing more. <laughs> is this where the, the side the meat stick comes in? We were talking about earlier. So because you're oh. someone, you're, you're, a, you're a dom. <laughs> Wait, give yes. some context. Yeah. Give some context. Sorry, well, because I like, was listening to you on a past podcast. Um, I think it was with cocktails and they're asking you, mm-hmm. I think it's cocktails and, um, and it was mm-hmm. about, uh, I forgot what it was like, something like this, the hottest thing ever for you, like something that turns you on the yes. most. And you said you'd like to be used like a meat stick. Is that, <laughs> so is this, yeah. is this you, even though you're a dom and all these, you actually can go in. It, so is that you being a sub in that role or are you so, still a yes. dom as a meat stick? <laughs> yes, no, no. <laughs> good question. That's actually a really you know, good question. To, to give a little bit more context, I'm referring to the way Siphon, uh, my, my submissive and I like to engage. So the majority of the time, yes, I do take lead because I put an 
a lot of work to learn different things to kind of turn her on and to turn it up. But, you know, I do really love the opportunity to be able to turn that side of me off and just let her lead. And one of the things that I love that we engage in a lot is um, I identify as a rope bunny, which is somebody who you know, can derive pleasure from engaging in different forms of bondage, like I spoke about earlier. Um, it could be Did as simple rope, as, you know, just... Bo- a rope bonnie? Bunny? Rope bunny. Rope bunny. bunny. Oh, rope yes. bunny. Little I bunny was poo-poo. like a bonnie. Yes. <laughs> I was thinking like, okay, got it. Sorry. I just want to make sure I was so, clear. <laughs> no, that's fine. So, you know, I like when she restrains my hands above my head and just like rides my face and then leaves, goes from there to like riding my dick. And I'm just there for her pleasure, you know? And I'm just, it, it, it's something that I really, really enjoy. So, you know, one day she was like, I'm ready for my meat stick or something like that. And it just became an inside joke between her and I, you know, when it just like, I don't want you to do anything anything you're just going to be there and i'm just going to ride you i'm going to treat you like a dildo i'm going to treat you like a toy on the wall or whatever and i'm like i have no problem with it i consent <laughs> yeah, uh, that's, so. that's hot well and i was thinking because there's the whole like topping from the bottom thing are you still mm-hmm. like so i've experienced this with my partner's a little more dommy and mm-hmm. where, where what but if so if i'm like you know in the the ride the role of riding the meat stick um yes. <laughs> riding the old meat <laughs> stick he's still making comments like like yeah you get that you get that cock so he's still to me yeah. it's still he's still in a very dominant role i'm just the one that's like getting what is what does samaya mm-hmm. say get him get him a nut in your neck <laughs> but he's still he's still kind of like in that role i don't feel like i'm in it necessarily uh, taking a dom role but like uh, yeah i don't know is that what you're talking about or is your so for her for for me it's very different yeah um sometimes she'll you know i hate to say this because somebody might take it out of context but sometimes she'll correctly put like a pillow over my face and we'll play a little bit of like i'm not able to talk or give feedback or she'll tell me to shut up or stuff like that um so yeah no i'm not allowed to be very engaging i'm just there to have that hard dick for her to use you know to her pleasure again that's not how we (laughs) always that's again you know that's not how we always engage that's just you know from time to time we might like tapping into that and then you know like again and it's very, very many more times where it's the opposite around where she's the one tied up and I'm the one doing and forcing her and she gets to get her revenge in that way. <laughs> Wait, to interject, though, what you're describing sounds mm-hmm. less like a dom and more like uh, what people would think of as the sub role, which we still haven't gotten to M, by the mm-hmm. way. So so well, I just another lo- S, too. We have no, we did the yeah. S. Yeah, so another S. We did mm-hmm. the Adism. Uh, well, Adism. We, mm-hmm. yeah. oh, I thought we, okay. we have two S's. Well, yeah. oh. no, Wait, it, is it plural BDSM, or something? What's inter- <laughs> It stands for two different things. Yeah. So, um, so I just so like yeah. how you're flipping the script because you're not necessarily saying I'm a dom. I always have to be the one dominating. No. You are also in this role where it's, it's like you like being handled. <laughs> I love yes. it. So yes. I just wanted to point I mean, that out. Who doesn't love a break, right? Yeah, well, Who doesn't love a break? <laughs> word. I, yes. So I just wanted to say thank you for that. Control because, freaks, though. Yes. Like, can't yeah. get out of the role. But yeah, totally. Yeah. So, you know, definitely... Um, I have no problem saying that I'm willing to switch when it comes to siphon. She knows the way that I like to be engaged. And that's another thing that makes all the difference, right? You know, so maybe the majority of the time that a person, you know, engages with others, they are on the dominant side or the submissive side, but it depends on the energy of the person they're engaging with, right? Knowing that that person knows how to, you know, properly love on them, so to speak. So (laughs) I hope that makes sense. 
Yeah, makes totally. sense. All right, so let's move on so, to the um, other S part, right? The S. So S the sadomasochist. Yeah. So the sadomasochist is another thing that the S can stand for, and being a sadomasochist or a, um, a sadist in general, or a sadistic person. I hate that word because it's so close to like satanic or whatever, but. Yeah. It is what we have for now. We'll find something better, I guess, one day. But, you know, uh, someone who's a sadist is someone who can derive pleasure and the idea of delivering pleasurable types of playing to the other person. On television, they show the more dramatic stuff, people getting kicked in the balls and this, that, that. I'm like, that's not for everybody. In fact, that's for a very small percentage of the world. And that's not to kink shame. That's just the reality of the, of the matter, right? But, you know, when you're talking about the majority of people, what kind of pleasurable, pleasurable pain they like, think about it like this. If you've ever been having sex with your partner and they're like hitting it from behind and they just slap your booty really quickly in a nice way, doing it correctly, it can really add a lot of pleasure to that experience. Right. Um, like the example I used earlier with that that hand around your throat while somebody's making love to you, you know, that's that could by definition, that's that could be painful. But because of the context in which it's happening, right, it could be the, something that add so much, you know, um, intensity to that experience. Um, think about people, you know, digging their claws into the, another, the other person's skin, so to speak, um, you know, while, you know, like the scratching of the skin while they're making love or the pulling hair. These are all by definition, painful things. If I walked up to you in the middle of the day and just pulled your hair, you'd slap the shit out of me, if not worse. <laughs> but I'd kick you in the balls. Making, I'd be like, bro, oh, you right deserve away. it. <laughs> Absolutely, I would, you know, but because, you know, you're, when we're talking about engaging with a trusted partner, somebody that is, again, knowing not just how to pull your hair or how to choke you, but how to do it correctly. And at the right time, you know, that could make all the difference between, you know, something that could be painful and something that could be like the cherry on top that pushes you over to orgasm. So, you know, when you're talking about being a sadist is understanding that there are many different forms of pleasurable pain. The most common one that we use in BDSM is um, spankings or what we call impact play. Um, and impact play is most commonly recognized as like spankings or paddling, flogging um, and things like that. And again, one of the biggest misconceptions that people have about it is that they think it has to be painful or intense in order for it to be good. When the reality is it has nothing to do with any of those things. You know, what we're really trying to do is, again, provide sensations to the skin with the different materials of the tools, such as the suede, the, the, the leather, the, sometimes even the metal floggers and things like that. They can feel really good as sensations across the skin. Um, and then when you're talking about the actual impact, we're talking about, you know, increasing blood flow because blood flow is the key to arousal, one of the keys to arousal. You know, when a man's penis gets hard, what's happening? Blood going to his what? To his dick. And his dick. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. And it's the same start. thing for a woman. You know, when a woman gets really aroused or really turned on, it's blood flow. It's going to her erogenous areas, making her nipples more sensitive, her pussy more engulfed, especially after she experiences an orgasm. It's like, oh, she's such a fat pussy and juicy and ready for everything <laughs> at that point, you know? And Another reason that blood flow is so important is because that's the way our body carries messages, right? You know, those endorphins and, and those um, different hormones that are released from the brain when you experience, you know, moments of arousal, joy, excitement, um, even, you know, being surprised, that adrenaline, that all of these things, you know, they create the perfect chemical compound for pleasure. 
So we want to try to encourage that blood flow by, you know, moving the body physically as much as we can. Sometimes, you know, I'll even if I'm not doing impact play, if I'm just, you know, fucking siphon, I'll just shaking her around, moving her around. And that is that is a thrill. We like, you know, we were kids. You like the swings. We like roller coasters. We like being held. We like being picked up. All of these things give us good feelings because it's science behind it, you know, so. Um, I do. I sorry, do I, love I a little bit of movement. Yeah, I love movement, and I love a roller coaster. Some people are like cringing though. They're like a roller coaster. Oh God! I'm saying the term was yeah. a spinner. Spinner. We got a spinner. A spinner. Spin, oh. spinning oh, someone yeah. around a spinner oh yeah mm-hmm. see i was yeah. i'm one of those spinners She's like i'll spinner. go in a chair like a one of the chairs i can <laughs> rotate and i'll like i'll yeah. make myself I'm sick like spinning on the dick no i know but oh, i'm sorry. saying like i could do that but not on the dick because it will usually pop out with the way my yeah. oh, vagina is get dizzy from spinning a lot no i do not i love it we should go on the teacup boardwalk okay anyway <laughs> masochism okay masochism so, Let's talk about that. so masochism <laughs> is just the on the the other side of the coin for the sadist so the sadist is the person delivering the pleasurable pain the masochist is the person receiving it and those examples that i gave you know you can just enter you know just think about the opposite right and one person is doing the pulling of the hair the other person is getting their head pulled or being choked or being you know um getting their ass smacked or you know getting flogged or you know, getting the nails digged into their skin and things of that nature. So again, I want to always preference the fact that we're talking about at the right, knowing how to do it the correct way and at the right time, you know, not just randomly like slapping somebody's ass, even though I do slap Siphon's ass around the house while she's cooking and stuff. <laughs> but that's us, you know, that's our dynamic. <laughs> but so, that's the thing though, mm-hmm. you have to have a some sort of, when you're in the world, in the BDSM world, and I won't throw kink into it because kink means so many different things, but mm-hmm. you have to have a, a general conversation with folks that you're playing with before you just start slapping mm-hmm. them or choking them. Because if if I just met, let's say you, Sir Marvelous, we were on a, I don't know, a fucking Tinder date or something. Yeah. And I was like, yo, you, you look hot. I think you think I'm hot. We went out to dinner and I'm like, want to go back to my hotel room or something. <laughs> and then you started ch- wanting to choke me out and slap me around and be like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Mm-hmm, or uh, mm-hmm. vice, vice versa. Maybe I was like trying to choke you out and slap you around. I don't know. Mm-hmm. So that there is some sort of negotiation that has to go into this prior. I'm so happy you said that. Right. Okay, oh good. my God. So let's go into I that first. <laughs> so, you know, one of the things that I absolutely love, and I think that everybody can learn from when we're talking about BDSM and kink, believe it or not, I think the difference between kink and someone who's just naturally freaky, which we call, you know, if you're non-kink, right? I think the difference is the fact that freaky people want to engage in pleasurable things, right? They love, they're open-minded, they're experimentalists, you know, they, they love the idea of trying something that's going to get them off. Nothing wrong with that. But when you're talking about kink, I think that th- those people, from my experience, are people who are also freaky, but want to learn and understand what they are doing and why they're doing it. You know what I mean? So that's when you're starting to get, you, you, you're starting to turn and tap into the sapiosexuals in a lot of us. The nerd side of us with the, the part that's eager to learn like why do i like being chill why do i like it in my aspect you know what i mean why do i like being called a dirty little green fly like you know what i mean like what do i enjoy about these things you know what i mean um but a dirty and, little and, green and, spot we just say is that what you said it's a new one for that i love yeah. that that was good <laughs> so you know there's there's 
Um, uh, so when we're talking about BDSM and back to what you were saying about negotiating, um, there's something that we always encourage, not just encourage, but we try to always do before engaging with the person. You want to talk about the things that not only are you interested in, but you want to get permission to do those things. So like, for example, you know, um, if a person were to try to book a session with me, uh, they're not going to just come to my dungeon right away. I'm not going to just give them, you know, the address to my dungeon. What we're going to do is we're going to do a consultation, which is us getting to know one another, us getting to get a little bit of background on one another. And I want to know about their interests and things of that nature and, and maybe vice versa, right? So that's the first initial conversation that we're going to do. And then when, when if and when we choose to meet at the dungeon, when we get there, we're going to do a, a, a very thorough negotiation of all the things that we spoke about during our consultation, but all the things that I may have at my dungeon, I want to show you my tools, how I intend to use them, answer any questions you may have, and of course, get your consent before we begin. Um, and what that does, especially for women, is it puts their mind at ease. You know, as much as women love spontaneity, they like to understand there's a plan, that there's 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 going to be safety involved, you know, that they're dealing with somebody that cares about their well-being, their pleasure, and is knowledgeable of, and not just ready to, like, stick themselves or things inside of people, you know what I mean? So it's super important that you go over, you know, what your plan is with a person. And what you do during that experience is you're learning a lot from them. You know, one of the first questions I always ask people before we even begin the negotiation is, this one, and it always gets them stuck. What is one thing that you would say you've learned about yourself that you really enjoy during intimacy? Now, you know, I'm sure if I ask you, you ladies, that you could pop off answers right away. You guys have a, you know, a sex positive podcast. And I love the fact that you're having these conversations, but so many women aren't. So, and I don't mean to put it on women, I'm talking about women and men, but so many women haven't been asked that question before. What do you enjoy? When's the last time a man, and right before, like you mentioned that example, before ready to engage, stops and says, what do you enjoy? It's easy to say what you, know? you don't want, right? We're like, mm -hmm, I don't mm -hmm. want this. I don't want that. But it's hard. It's at least in my experience, it's harder mm -hmm. to describe what you want because mm -hmm. there's a level of, of, well, what does that mean? Or, or do I know? I don't know. And mm -hmm. it, it, that's interesting uh, that you say that. And I, and I love that you say that. So thank you. Cause it's important. Yeah. And, and and what ends up happening is <laughs> this is another part that make that 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 makes me chuckle a little bit, and I mean that in the best way possible. You know, they start you know rambling off things that they like to do to others, mm. and I'm like, ah, see, you're still stuck in that headspace of like, I want to play. I love you know, I love doing this, and I love doing that. I love giving massages. I love you know, giving pleasure and many different examples and stuff like that. So, and I'm like, you know, but that doesn't tell me what you like done to you. How do you like to be handled, so to speak? So, getting them to think about that is is the first powerful start sometimes that alone is enough to like really get the the ball rolling so to speak how do you like to be handled i like that <laughs> and, and then just so so lastly before we move on um and then how just a question about the you know boundary setting because i know that that's really important when it comes to we're, we're talking about consent negotiation yes um so what are your tips for that and especially what if you're talking with someone who is new to setting boundaries they're not offering them up you know that like april you said people like to share what they don't like which is actually helpful for boundary setting like, this Absolute, doesn't work for excellent. me um mm -hmm. but but you know so we want to hear both like what do you really like what do you not like but so how can you inspire a boundary setting conversation what what does that look like 
Well, two things. First, first and foremost, don't do anything that you haven't discussed. You know, the whole, the whole. A lot of men have this, and I hate to say it, a lot of men have this this mindset that they're gonna like surprise a woman with something. And again, women and men both like spontaneity. I get that, but it's really important that we're not out here just trying to pop out, pop off new things, new tricks. I'm just gonna stick it in her ass tonight without asking. You know what I mean? Like that's Ouch. just not. Yeah. It. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> that's not it you know what i mean but believe it or not if you really want to fuck her in the ass i guarantee you it will be better if you guys sat down and spoke about that first and you planned for it and you did it you know you you worked your way up to it with a couple little bit of you know not just the negotiating of it but the dirty talk that comes from it you know the the creativity that that's going to start spewing once you start having that conversation so yeah back to your question the first part is don't do anything that has that you haven't discussed and the second thing is laying out what your boundaries are don't be unapologetic with your boundaries if it's something that you're not interested in trying or doing or at least not yet or ever be unapologetic about that don't ever feel guilty i always tell people you know if, if you're communicating you know as kind and genuine as you possibly can and a person is not receptive or willing or supportive of that that's not the person you want to be with anyway like, why would I want to be with somebody that doesn't allow me to say, like, I'm uncomfortable with this, I'm, you know, or this doesn't feel good or that just doesn't work for me. And they they make me feel bad or try to gaslight my experience. That's not the person you want to be with. In fact, thank you for letting me know who you are and you can make room for someone that I actually do want to be with. So, you know, and goodbye. <laughs> that makes that makes it even hotter. Yeah. Like when people yes. are respectful of boundaries. Also, yes. I think we live in a society, especially in the US, because I've been to other countries where they're always like, you're always apologizing. I'm like, you're right. I fucking am apologizing <laughs> and not even in a sexual way. And I'm like, oh, sorry, I interrupted you. Oh, sorry, 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 yeah. sorry. Oh. And it's no, it's it, don't be sorry. I, I started to go into this uh, realm of feeling with like each person or each job or each whatever situation I'm in, I have nine apologies, like nine lies of a cat. And so use them <laughs> wisely because mean right. it, mean like it. when you, when you I fucking like mean, I'm sorry, down. fucking mean it. I'm yes. sorry. No, it's like, no, you can't fuck me in the ass. However, mm -hmm. you can spank me, choke me and you can ejaculate mm -hmm. all over my hair. <laughs> oh, no, I'm a hard yeah. no to that. No, thank you. I know you would be. No, so, no, no. So you see, now we're, we're, we're talking, and I like that. You guys both had, you know, different things that you were open to and not so open to, and that's okay, you know? But the key, again, the powerful word in that is be unapologetic about it. Yeah. You know what I mean? You don't have to explain yourself, so to speak. You know what I mean? There's nothing wrong with having a conversation if you want to, but nah, we're not going to be apologizing for anything we don't mm. want to do. Time for a quick break to talk about our hands down favorite lube, who also happens to be a sponsor, UberLube. UberLube is luxurious silicone lubricant that enhances intimacy, and I actually want it all over my body, y'all. I'm not joking. It's long-lasting, and it leaves my skin feeling really velvety, almost silky, and it has no flavor or scent. In April, I've heard you say this, great for oral sex. That's right. Mm-hmm. And they happen to have thousands of doctors and therapists in the U.S. alone recommending UberLube to their patients from various reasons, including it feels amazing on the skin, it's highly body-friendly, it's less likely to change the pH, and that vitamin E leaves the skin feeling nice and moisturized. UberLube is not just for sex. It's for massage, you can use it for your hair frizzies, for buffing up your tattoos, and it even prevents chafing. It comes in this gorgeous glass bottle that I love, so the aesthetics are 
beautiful. It has this easy pump top. You're going to love it. It looks more like a cosmetic, so you can leave it shamelessly on your nightstand. Just go to uberlube.com and use discount code SHAMELESS to get 10% off and free shipping. Again, that's U-B-E-R-L-U-B-E.com right now with code SHAMELESS for 10% off and free shipping. This podcast is also brought to you by omgs.com. I've been recommending omgs to my clients for years now, and it's completely changed their lives, including that of my own. Omgs utilizes scientific research of real vulvas showing techniques to pleasure the pussy. And then they turn the research into tasteful, educational short videos, animated modules, and infographics. And here's the thing. OMGS is for anyone who wants to learn about vulva pleasure or take it to the next level. Hey, vulva owners, want to transform your own orgasms from good to out of this world? Or vulva admirers, want to up your pussy pleasure skills? Well, you gotta check OMGS out now. OMGS studied more than 20,000 people of all ages from 18 to 95. There are three seasons, this is not a subscription service, and you don't need to download anything. There's external pleasure, internal pleasure, and a season all about sex toys. Your purchase helps fund more research, and it's an incredible gift. Go to omgs.com slash shameless to get 10% off right now. Again, that's omgs.com slash shameless to receive 10% off unlimited access towards enhancing your pleasure power. So I just love that we're having this conversation because we haven't really discussed that before on Shameless Sex. In other ways, we have, but... So, our listeners love tips and we've mm -hmm. kind of, we've had, we've alluded to some tips, but just to get to the nitty gritty, like if you had to bullet point it, right. What are your top mm -hmm. tips for people who want to engage in kink and BDSM? You have like three, at least five would be great. Well, first and foremost, I would say um, it's super important to invest in your pleasure. And what do I mean by that? You know, when it comes to like, for example, spending your time is is some it's, it's one of the commodities that we that is the most valuable because we can't get that one back, right? We can get we can make more money, but we can't get our time back. So you know, listening to podcasts like this is super duper powerful, and other sex positive podcasts or other shows and things like that. Be open minded to what you are willing to to watch and 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 you know pay attention to so that you can learn because exposure is the first thing you want to see things that may match your style because again. Um, what they show on television or in the movies isn't necessarily supernatural. You know, how many times have we watched movies and we're like, that's not what sex looks like when I have it. You know what I mean? It, it looks like that on screen because that's what they want. They want to show you the, the, the dramatized version of everything. So be deliberate in, in what you are, you know. Uh, absorbing both, uh, you know, visually and what you're listening to. So listening to the right things, um, reading the right books. For example, one of the my favorite books that I love to read is um, called The Loving Dominant. Mm. And um, you can look at other... other I've, I've heard uh, of it. Yeah, it's, it's a, we used to sell it Pure Pleasure back in the day. I've heard really good things about it. Mm -hmm. I never read it, but I've heard read really it. good things about it. Yeah, yeah. The Loving um, even, Dominant. You know, okay. I, I've read uh, Kenneth, Kenneth's playbooks. Um, uh, oh, yeah. Someone you guys have had. I've actually met Kenneth um, in person, and I had no idea he was a superhero. I was so oh mad. The next time I, met him, I was like, why didn't you tell me you were a sex guy? <laughs> he was <laughs> so amazing. humble. 
He yeah. was so. I met him. I'm sorry for getting off track. I met him at a at a, at a an event mm-hmm. one time, and he was just cool, just school comic. Like I had no idea. Like he, I'm I'm over here trying to give him, you know, some some insight or whatever. And I'm like, oh man, I felt so embarrassed when I when I found <laughs> out who he was later on. But he never he never stopped me and was like, hey, you know, I'm like a certified sex god out here, right? <laughs> but anyway, you know, reading books like you know Kenneth book Kenneth, Kenneth Flay's book is an opportunity to to learn something, understanding that you know even in that scenario you know pay for that knowledge mm-hmm. you know joining certain people's patreon a lot of these sex positive you know um podcasts and, and shows and things like that they have you know tiers of patreons and other things that you might want to go um be a part of don't be afraid to spend a little bit of money um the second thing i would say is if you've never engaged with toys with your partner um i would say start with the vibrator as far as, you know, you guys talk about the Hitachi wand all the time. I know that that's a pretty big wand to some people. I mean, pretty big vibrator to some people. But I, in my opinion, it's a really good vibrator. I encourage people to try, you know, using that during penetrative sex with their partner and watch how much things will change for you guys as far as the pleasure that she's going to be able to receive from that. And that's when you need um, the blanket that helps. With the ejaculate. Oh, yeah, the fascinator. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yes, yes. You're definitely going to need them sheets because if things are going to get a little wet. <laughs> In a but, good way. You know, the sheets. Get the sheets. And when I say investing, right, you know, I, I'm, I'm, I, I'm heavy on that word because, you know, the good stuff does cost money. You know, if you want a good quality toy, don't be afraid to spend. I mean, this is going to go on your body. <laughs> this might even go in your body. Let's 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 make sure that we're we're using the the right stuff and and good quality things that are going to last long. Um, that are not going to clock out on us after a while. Um, being open to that um, is super important. Another thing that I would I would highly highly recommend is starting with light bondage or sensory deprivation, either or. So light bondage could be you know just just literally wrapping rope around the person's hand. Don't be don't be so caught up on how to do it so that it looks the best. Believe it or not, just starting with being super sensual and soft with it, just slowly wrapping it around your partner's hands at the same time and just like putting their hands above their head can be all you need to open up um, your mind to what bondage can provide for you guys, right? And then when it comes to sensory deprivation, the most common way is blindfolds, right? Everybody's heard of that or seen that in some variation or another that is a true way to heighten a person's experience. It works for the majority of people. So I would highly recommend, you know, just starting with a simple blindfold, maybe combine that with that rope, you know, idea that I just said and that vibrator idea. We Now we got a scene going. A lot safer to play if you're doing sensory deprivation to play with a blindfold versus like, let's mm. say choking, you know, there's, yes, um, yes. we're trying to, yeah, to, we're playing with different, and I mean, in that choking, I guess, would that be, that's sensory deprivation still, right? Is that, the same yeah way. yes absolutely it definitely falls under that umbrella okay you can put on some sure. noise canceling headphones yeah mm-hmm. or what well, have you heard you know jaylene bennis and eve Menaxia, mm-hmm. who do the bondage uh, experience mm-hmm. where you have you you have the headphones wow. so you can't hear anything and there's just beautiful music going on and yeah. a blindfold yeah and you're bound to the table and they're using all but you, oh. you do a whole consent talk before they'll feel negotiation and you of know course. nothing weird's gonna happen and, to you that you didn't already and you have, negotiate and you get safe words and safe movements so that they're paying attention to it and and it's powerful mm-hmm. when you take away one of the senses and there's a yes. safety component there and i think that's really really important so yeah i love all of these tips i think that they're all really really helpful and hot and i, I love how you also yeah. talked about the conversation about these things mm-hmm. about safety negotiation 
can be hot in itself and doesn't have to be this very dry, like, oh God, we're boundaries. Mm-hmm. Oh, no. Do you have a laser pointer? Yeah, here's you a laser girl. Do not come in my hair. I might kill yes. you. <laughs> she yes. just washed it. She's very I sensitive. Just washed it. Yeah. I washed I just it. said that for you, by the way, because I knew you would hate it. It's a lot of hair. Okay. <laughs> anyways, uh, okay. I have a question though, because um, I know that it's in your bio too, I believe, uh, or your longer bio at least, the orgasm gap, which we um have actually been discussing in our own world over here uh, and we're really curious about the orgasm gap in your work around it and then how it applies to bdsm or shows up in bdsm okay um so again you know this is where being sensual really starts to play a part and 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 my style um because i try to show people that when you're being soft and sensual during these kinky experiences, it's like foreplay. It really builds arousal. It really builds that intensity before that penetrative part of the sex. If it true, if you guys choose to take part in that, actually starts to to happen. Um, when it comes to the orgasm gap, it's the fact that you know the majority of women, when engaging with men in heterosexual sex, don't experience orgasms during penetrative sex. It's just a fact. You know, it's been said over and over. The statistics you know, have proven it. You can ask 10 women. And I'm just saying that for anybody that's listening that is unfamiliar with it, you can do your own research right now. Just ask, you know, the next five women that you're comfortable asking, like on a scale of one to 10, when you engage with men and you have sex, how often do you actually experience an orgasm? The and numbers be truthful. Will be, be truthful. And be truthful. Yes. You know, create that safe space to be able to like really say. And you you don't have to go far. Don't believe what they write on the internet. Ask five, five, five people you know, and they'll tell you it's not often. Mm-hmm. It is not often. And it's not because women are broken. It's not because men, you know, don't have the right uh, tools, because we always think it's about having the biggest, hardest dick um, in order to please a woman. And that's not the case. You know, it, it takes more warming a woman up. It's just the reality of it. And I'm not saying that to shame women or make them feel more complicated or difficult or anything like that. It's just the reality of the matter is, is that Women take a little bit longer a time to actually get to the point where they're fully aroused and ready for orgasm. However, with that being said, once that work is put in, it is really hard to turn off that fire. <laughs> it is really, really hard to turn off that fire. So knowing what to do to extend foreplay is super duper important so that you can increase the chances of her actually experiencing not just a orgasm, but multiple orgasms. So um, the way that my work relates to the orgasm gap is that I'm showing people different ideas. I'm showing people like, examples of like temperature play. You know, this is something that you can do during massaging your partner. I highly, highly recommend, you know, starting with a massage before engaging in any form of kink or even sex. You know, that that is a good way to really connect with your with your partner if you have the time. I also speak about prioritizing your pleasure by prioritizing your time to experience that. You know, it's nothing wrong with getting that, you know, that quickie in or, you know, getting it in when you fit in or whatever. But it's also important that you take some time to say, you know, maybe once a month, twice a month, more than that. But at least once a month, we're going to create a block of time where it's we're going to get away from, you know, our responsibilities of what's in the house or what's, you know, our adult lives and make a block of time where we're able to fully be present in that moment. You know what I mean? Um, In addition to that, 
I'm giving examples of like sensory play or, or uh, like she mentioned, uh, sensory deprivation. This is an example that can be used as foreplay. Just all of these things are happening before anything is even thinking about entering her body. I think that this is something that we need to be focusing more on, understanding how to to, to use a little bit more dirty talk, um, using toys before, again, before actually penetrating a person. You know, you can use that same wand on her nipples. You know, get good, get some massage oil, throw it in the microwave for 10 seconds and make it warm. And now you can pour that that hot, you know, hot oil on her lower back and just rub that in while you're complimenting her and kissing her and learning how to set the mood, you know, by creating a, a sexy ambiance, you know, light some candles or, um, you know, go get a red light and some red light bulbs is really cheap to set an ambiance that nowadays, you know, you most people have LED lights in their homes already. <laughs> or or get access that playlist to rolling you get that yes, playlist, get that playlist. On, like, also yeah. that's a, such a powerful thing creating a playlist with your partner that's oh, yeah. dope you know that's a great experience you know you guys sit down i recommend and you just frank throw a bunch ocean of channel orange Ooh. yes <laughs> that's one of my yes. favorites <laughs> you know and um you know, really, you know, taking the time to to plan this out because, you know, anticipation is, is a form of foreplay and understanding that foreplay doesn't start in the bedroom. It starts, you know, whenever you want to start it and you guys can be separate from one another. You could I can know I'm going to see you in a week and we can start the foreplay now through texts and calls and everything doesn't have to be super sexy and raunchy to be foreplay. It could be I miss you. I can't wait to see you. I can't wait to finally be in your presence. This is creating anticipation. Women need that extra mental stimulation. Again, you know, it's not to make women seem like they're more difficult because if I were to tell you to cook a chicken or turkey, you already have in your mind that I need at least, you know, X amount of minutes for that to, you know, fully be cooked. We need to just respect it. It is what it is. Women take on an average from what I, the last time I checked, anywhere between 20 to 45 minutes to be fully aroused, to be ready for that. And it doesn't mean you have to be doing that all at one time. Start in the morning, you know, start in the morning by sending her a beautiful text, letting her know that she's desired, she's beautiful, that you're thinking of her. This is foreplay. So by the time you finally get home from work or you finally link up with her, you've put that 45 minutes in throughout the day. And now you you can touch her a, a, a bit. Again, you don't want to rush. Why, why even rush when you get to that point? Still, you know, take your time and be intentional with how you're touching her and how you're making her beg for your cock or your dick at that moment. And I guarantee you that experience is going to be different than, you know, anything else you've tried. That's the thing. The orgasm. So closing the orgasm gap, if I mm -hmm. heard you right, is very simple. It's, yes. hey, give a fuck and try to understand your partner, especially if you're a penis owner and you're with mm -hmm. a vulva owner, care about mm -hmm. the other person's pleasure, communicate with them. And mm -hmm. also, I love that, I mean, Siphon is one lucky unicorn <laughs> to have you just checking in. And, and, and I think that is true. Getting the juices flowing with things other than genital touch or we're going to go yes. straight on to fucking or it's like yo there's mm -hmm. all sorts of ways to be sensual and to to care about your partner's needs mm -hmm. and to close the gap that is the pleasure gap yeah. that that has been in existence for a long time and mm -hmm. I, I i do think that all of these tools that you just gave that they're they're perfect for, for doing just that. Just fucking learn about your partner and their pleasure and yeah. talk about it. So anyway, that's not my question because it wasn't a question. I just was, <laughs> I was reaffirming what you were saying. Yes. So thank yes. you. 
Um, no, I get it. And 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 to 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 add to that, you know, the pleasure gap doesn't. It's not. It's 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 almost non-existent. And 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 you know, same sex uh, experiences when, when women are engaging with other women. That's true. just food for thought, it's like right there. Five percent you know or I mean? something. Yeah, <laughs> it is. It is. It's like five percent. I just read this stat the yeah. other day. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's tricky. And those times when they're engaging, they're not so focused on the penetration. We just need to not be so focused on the penetration. It's not the end all be all for sex. You know, in fact, I, I, I'm part of the, you know, the the mindset or the belief that sex can be a, can occur without penetration in that way. You know, it doesn't have to be the, the, the home run or the end goal for everything, you know, and then you'll see how you can get more creative. Well, speaking of creativity, can we talk about lifestyle events? And that is something that we've we've talked about on the show before, but let's go into what lifestyle events are and also what, where, I guess, where they happen. I know they can happen anywhere. So I feel like that's general. Mm -hmm. However, Mm -hmm. what, what can people find? uh, Where can people find them? And like, what will they find when they get to a lifestyle event? Let's just cover all of the bases. Okay, so I wish that I can give you a simple answer, but but it's a combination of both being simple, but also being a little complex. If if that's not an oxymoron, I don't know what it is. <laughs> but um, the reality is, is that you know, as you progress in a lifestyle, and I'm going to start like high, and then I'm going to bring it back down. Um, as you progress in a lifestyle, and you've been in it for a while, like myself, you 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 start to find which we call your community, um, the people and the type, you know, the level in which of people that you want to engage in because there are a lot of what we call sex sex parties and things like that but that's not everybody's cup of tea you know what i mean there are some events where it's just not going to be super attractive when you walk in but as you experience more and you do more due diligence on how to find the proper parties you realize that the people that are at these parties are successful people they are people that have a lot going on for themselves and i don't just mean financially or business wise i just mean you know their parents their career oriented they're people with good heads on their shoulders you know and i say all that to say that they're not going to be super public with these events because it's we try to keep it in a close-knit um like a community so to speak and I say that to be kind of encouraging because a lot of the times people are afraid of sex positive events and because they just assume that it's going to be like consent violations, messiness, chaos all over the place. When the reality is, like I mentioned, you go to the right event, you can find people that are beautiful, that are intelligent, that are career oriented, that are consent, um, that are excellent communicators and, you know, just want to explore pleasures in ways that is not necessarily shown on television. So to answer your question on sex um, a lifestyle event is just an event where you can go where there's going to be very big on sex positivity. You don't have to have sex at these events, but it's an option, right? A lot of the times they're going to provide beds, they're going to provide room, they're going to provide furniture so that you can engage in not just king or sheets. Do they give you the rubber yes. sheets? Yes, there's a lot of places. Let me give you my best, my, uh, to give you a little bit of encouraging story, because I know I started off kind of grim talking about the lifestyle, but my one of my favorite stories is that I, I am a part of this community that Mistress Molly, a good friend of mine, actually created, uh, where she rented out an entire um, castle 
And inside of this castle were, you know, all of these people that were part of our community. And we stayed there for three days and, you know, it was catered food. She had a professional chef on um, on the grounds. You know, she had activities planned. She had movie time. They had a bowling alley. They had literally every form of entertainment that you could think of, pools, hot tubs, all of these different things. But also, you know, you might walk around while having your drink in your hand and see, see somebody getting their pussy ate on the couch or maybe somebody else fucking on the side or, you know, somebody, um, you know, doing something in a room with their doors open. Again, it's not like you're walking into a big orgy. These are just beautiful places um, curated by, you know, with, with a lot of attention to detail where sex may occur. Those are the best experiences as, as far as my experience is concerned um, when it comes to going to an event. Now, there are BDSM events where there is no sex involved at all where only BDSM activities take place, but there's no actual, you know, sex going on in these places. That's cool too. Um, in my my experience, I love when it's a combination of both um, swingers, where sex is going to be, can take place at these events, but also where it's also kink or BDSM. And the reason I like that is because it gives more, it gives you a little bit more to do um, as far as like conversation starting. So if you see somebody getting tied up in rope on the corner and you're new to the party, you can always, you know, you have no problem saying, hey, like how long you've been doing that? Or like you might talk to the person about their interest with that thing. Versus it only being, you know, a sexual event or a sex event where, like, if you're seeing somebody, you know, fucking on the side, as much as you may be intrigued by it, you may not necessarily want to talk to the person next to you about that. But if I'm showing, you know, fire play and how amazing it looks in another corner, you're going to talk to somebody next to you about that. You're going <laughs> to, if we're talking about sensory deprivation or suspension or spankings or anything like that, and it's looking cool and sexy, you, you, you it, it, it almost evokes um, that curiosity out of you that you want to have that conversation with the nearest person like wow what's that called is the who is that you know and it it, it really you know starts that uh it, it really starts the communication on a, uh, it speeds it up so to speak so um I'm sorry if I was rambling I, I just try to get like try to try to make a uh try to give as many practical examples because like, who was again, that sir marvelous over there fucking <laughs> yes. so hot on that <laughs> on that rubber sheet no i'm just kidding <laughs> well and and I, so. so we want to learn more about you and the work that you do but but real quick i don't know if you say this so like if, if someone wants to find because i know people have asked how do i find these parties or these yes. groups do you just google it or sorry or yahoo it no, or, so <laughs> that, that's where the complexity comes in into part at so i do i do um perform at a lot of events um i am part of um a community of parties and event planners that um we do things and I think that following people like myself, you know, following other people that go on shows, another good good show of mine that I like to watch, another podcast is like Horrible Decisions. Mm -hmm. They speak about events and things of that nature. I know that you guys do give share a lot of information on 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 different people. Kenneth Play, you know, like I mentioned, I'm, I I ran into him at a party. I'm not sure if I've ever. I don't remember if he spoke about parties on your podcast before, but I don't yeah, know. Well, Hacienda, right? Isn't that like yes, one of his yes, things? Hacienda, yeah, Hacienda. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So again. 
you know, like the and that's a, an amazing place. I don't know if he's ever spoken about like the the layout of that place. It's amazing. They got a hot tub there. They have like oh. you know this super long like fireplace looking setting thing. We gotta go to New York. Beautiful, oh my god, <laughs> super beautiful. Oh my god. And again, these are places that you can go where you don't have to engage in sex. You can just sit, you know, in front of the fireplace, have your drink, or you smoke some little bit of weed or whatever you want to engage in, and just watch other people and converse. And maybe you might. Get Get your pussy ate. I don't know. Maybe you don't want to, nice. but at the end of the day, you're not going to feel forced to. You're not going to yeah. feel like you you have to. You're not going to feel pressure. And that's just one example of many places. So I would say following people like me um, and following, um, you know, checking out the parties. Um, somebody like Kenneth Play, he, he's always at like Hacienda or, or um, a couple other different places. Sexual Centrals is another person that Samaya? I would love to share Samaya. with you guys. Yes. I yes. love her. Uh, she yeah. she just threw an amazing um event. She actually does it once a year. It's called the um the art exhibit. Um yeah. I performed there with Siphon the Unicorn and a quite a quite a uh, few other performers. Wasn't it in Atlanta? Yeah, this the last one was in oh, Atlanta. This okay. one was in Houston. Oh the, the nice. last one that just passed okay. was in Houston. Okay, got it. And you know, the and she's she's created the these events so that she can show people that there are, you know, the this can be done in a beautiful way. It's not what people think. It's not what they show on television where you just walk in here. Everybody's just fucking everywhere. I mean, it can be. It could get to that point, but it's not It's not usually the norm. You know what I mean? A lot of the times you have very different level, people on different levels doing different things. You know what I mean? So um, following sex positive educators and pleasure coaches and things of that nature, you'll start to see more and more that they are part of communities that you can find more about. But um, again, the reason why it makes it so complex is because the better community is the part that, like, I would think you women, if you were interested in, in joining an event or not joining, but participating in an event, even if it's just to watch, I would I would suspect that you guys didn't want to be with just, you know, a room full of weirdos, for lack of a better way to put that, <laughs> where guys are just, you know, making you feel uncomfortable, the women making you feel uncomfortable. You would want to go there where people are have been vetted. That happens you know, to me most Saturdays, so no, I'm good. I'm, I'm good on that. <laughs> exactly. Well, you don't I've, I've felt more in. comfortable at some of the the sex parties I've gone to. Like, there's yes. a you know, Bay Area community, the Bonobo Network here, and dancing mm -hmm. naked in daylight in front of <sighs> 200 people felt more comfortable there than at a nightclub wherever yes. fully clothed. And, I'm so and, happy you yeah, said that. The, you know, oh the, my God. The, the orientation that they do. So there's a whole orientation talk about consent, <laughs> you know, respect, mm -hmm. boundaries, et cetera. And you have to go through this whole process and you are kind of vetted, meaning like it was referral based, but it's mm -hmm. not like, are you cool yeah. enough or hot enough? It's not that. No, it's um, not and that. I, Submit your Instagram yeah, profile. Show me your, no, no, yeah, I want to no, see your, all no. of your hottest Instagram AI photos. No. AI is they so just want to make sure that you understand respect, consent, safety, you you know the, the 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 basic rights that a person should have and give to another person. They want to make sure that yeah. you're clear about that. And like, and I'm so happy you said that example that you felt more confident at a sex positive event than you do at most nightclubs. Yeah. You like the community will you if you're at a party and some guy decides to act out. I guarantee you that they, that guy will get kicked out faster than any other place that I've seen. I have seen less. You know, I, I can't even really count that I've seen a bad experience at a party. And I'm not saying that to just make it seem like it's heaven on earth, because it's not. It's not always the the case. But I guarantee you, I've been so much more comfortable at those events than I've been at, you know, certain nightclubs and stuff like that. Absolutely. Okay, so that's that's the thing. So if people want to find you, 
work mm-hmm. with you. I was almost going to say for you, but work with <laughs> you. Uh, can you tell folks how to find you and uh, reach out to you for all of your all, all of the things that you provide? Also, um, any anything that's coming up for you that you want to share would be great too. Yeah, so I am definitely working on a huge course right now, which is going to be like laying out everything that it is that, it is that I do. Um, it's going to be provided for anybody who's interested in learning more about kink and pleasure and things of that nature. Um, you can find my work and other interviews that I've done, performances that are coming up by following my Instagram pages. I have two. And the reason I have two is because Instagram tends to delete us a lot. You know, they hate on the sex positive people, whatever. But my Instagram pages, one is Sir Marvelous Kinks. So it's just spelled Sir Marvelous with kinks at the end. KS, um, kinks is spelled K-I-N-K-S. And my second page is Sir Marvelous. It's just written just like that. Um, and you can click the link in either one of those bios and it'll lead you to all of my other work. Yeah, we'll have all the links in the show notes, everyone, too. Yes. So you don't have to remember all yes. this. We'll have everything there for you to check out and go find Sir Marvelous. Sir Marvelous. Oh. <laughs> well, what's your puppy's name? He's been, she's been, That's <laughs> uh, he's being the worst. Yeah. He's been the worst. <laughs> it's the video. Of, oh my Ever. God, he's being the worst demon dog today. Yeah. <laughs> no, he's okay. He is not being marvelous. No. <laughs> well, <laughs> thank you, Sir Marvelous. Th- this was an actually a really great show to learn about more about BDSM, sensual BDSM, kink and also i think that we we gave people the basics but also some some intermediate stuff that is important and i think that anyone out there that's either curious or or uh doesn't think that they're kinky or that they're they can be part of the bdsm community you you can if you're interested you're encouraged just go in there you're encouraged now encouraged uh and to all of our listeners so thank you sir marvelous and i don't want you to go but we have to end the podcast at some point but don't (laughs) don't stop listening because there's a couple of things in store for you a special offering everyone a special one it's a very special Mm -hmm. one uh amy's dog no i'm just kidding you can have my dog (laughs) we're sacrificing the animal just kidding uh (laughs) i love him too much i know you do uh so number one no one's ever going to uh, ejaculate in Amy's hair. We nope, know that. Nope. That's what you learned. Certainly uh, no. <laughs> number two, I'm inviting everyone just for for sake of our podcast, our show. It's a free it's a free resource for all of you. We call you our shameless sex revolutionaries. You don't belong to us, but we love you that much. We love each and every one of you. If you can give us a review on iTunes and on Spotify, you have to listen to a full episode on Spotify. Give us five stars. You don't have to make it some extensive long drown out paragraph. You can do a couple of words or an emotion we fucking read every single one even though sometimes mm. it makes me cry uh so <laughs> i will say that makes me cry with tears and some make me cry with absolute uh anger uh so yes there's that and the second piece is from amy oh this is me hey everyone so y'all ready to get y'all ready for this meat sticks <laughs> in your mouth just kidding that's not what we're doing um so <laughs> we are a part of an awesome podcast network and uh we are going to be featuring some trailers from the podcast network so it's pleasure podcast is the network shout out to kim from sex talk with my mom who has put this wonderful sex positive podcast network together yeah, I thought you said Kim. I was like, Cam, 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 Cam. But we're not. Uh, it's not actually Cam's uh, trailer we're playing. We're actually playing the horny housewife trailer with Jordan 
Hakes, I believe that's how we say her last name. Hakes. Um, and it's a very sexy, kind of like like tastefully raunchy podcast where she talks and she calls it the couple's locker room talk. So it's how to spice up your relationship and connect with your partners. And a lot of talk about marriage, but also just long-term relationships and how to just add some more spice and hotness in there. So without further ado, get your rubber sheets. Get your rubber sheets out. I and I was fixated on I like that. How you say it to rubber sheets. Your rubber it's sheets. He's East Coast, so I thought he'd like it. Yeah, Sir you get your rubber sheets. Right, so, anyways, yeah. uh, Sir Marvelous, uh, Siphon the Unicorn, and April and I are going to get our rubber sheets out and in with you all at the same time and listen to <laughs> the Horny Housewife trailer. Here we go. The Horny Housewife podcast, the co-ed locker room where I, Jordan, your host, discuss the realities of sex and marriage, the evolution of sex and long-term relationships, dating your spouse, and inspiring creativity in the bedroom, spicing it up, mixing it up, whatever you want to call it. It's time to get intentional about the pleasure you desire to experience. Every week, expect to talk a little shit, learn some new things, and I'm answering your relatable and oh-so-interesting listener questions. Tune in every Monday for a new episode of the Horny Housewife Podcast. Want to learn more? Go to shamelesssex.com. And for 15% off of some of our favorite sex toys, use coupon code shamelesssex at purepleasureshop.com.